sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. All right, good morning to all of you. Turn this thing on here. Is it already turned on? Okay. All right, I greet you this morning in Jesus' name. It's a blessing to be here again with you all. It's been a while, it seems like. My wife and two boys are out here in January. Made a surprise trip to see the family. I wasn't privileged to be along with that. So it's good to be here again and see all your familiar faces. Those of you that don't know me, I have married um, Elvin and Rachel's daughter. I think there's a few faces here I don't recognize, maybe, so just to introduce myself a bit. All right, well, as I was meditating what to share with you all this morning, I had different thoughts that came to mind, different passages of Scripture that I've been meditating on, and I felt like God directed me to the book of 1 John, chapter 1. You can turn there in your Bibles if you want to. 1 John chapter 1. When I was a boy, maybe 10, 12 years old, I enjoyed going caving quite a bit. My brothers and I, there was caves about maybe half a mile from our home farm, back up on this big mountain. <clears throat> I call it a mountain. It's actually not as big as some mountains are. And we would enjoy going up there Sunday afternoons or even evenings throughout the week in the summer. We enjoyed going caving. And we would go back in these caves. There's probably five or six different caves that were big enough to explore and enjoy going into. And we would go back in there. We'd explore all the different passages we could find and crawl back in these little tunnels. And some of these caves are so tight, you had to just really squeeze through these openings to get into some of these rooms back in those uh, back parts of those caves. As we would crawl along, occasionally our flashlights would go out on us due to the batteries dying or some malfunction of the light, and there were some occasions where we were almost without a flashlight, and we're way back in these caves. Occasionally, we'd deliberately turn off our lights and just try to sense how dark it is inside a cave when there's no light present. We would sit there together in a group, and we would all agree to shut our lights off and hold still for a moment. And the darkness was so oppressed, I mean, you could just almost feel the darkness, you know, a dark night outside when the stars are not shining and the moon is not out, it's pretty dark. But still, if you put your hand in front of your face, you can usually see a little bit of movement, your fingers or something. Inside a cave, you can't see anything. It is absolutely dark. I can recall holding my hand up and not even seeing my fingers, even if I had it just right next to my eyeballs. There were pits in those caves that were deep, some of them. And so when you're crawling along, some of the surface along the way was slippery from the fact that there was water dripping from the ceiling and there was slopes, there were slagtites and slagmites along the way. And there was a pit, I remember vividly, a pit that was in there that was probably 30 or 40 feet deep, straight, sheer drop. And it was right along the beaten path, so to speak. And if you weren't careful, you could have easily fallen into that. I remember walking up to the brink of it, my flashlight shining down in, and that certain feeling that comes over your knees when you 
you look down into a depth and you, your knees get weak and you naturally want to draw back, that's the kind of feeling that would come over you when you look down in those holes. As I was meditating on the subject that I felt like God wanted to bring to me, I just started thinking about the importance of walking in the light. As you go back in those caves or any other place that's dangerous and where there's no light, all of us take great caution to walk carefully and take heed to the steps we take because we know if we slip up just a little bit, we could fall, and the fall might not be just a few feet down to the ground. In front of, it might be into a pit or down into some abyss that might result in our death. We often talked about as boys, what if our lights all go out and we can't get them to work and we're way back in here? So we would try to imagine how that would be. Could we find our way out by just feeling along the walls? You know, we know it was this general direction. We kind of feel along the way. Maybe we could find the the, the wall here. Remember this certain stalactite that hung from the ceiling at this this place and be able to find our way back out. We tried it a little bit one time and we didn't get very far. You turn your light out after a while, after a few steps, and a few stumbles and a few rocks, you're very much disoriented, and you don't even know which way is left, right, east, west. You have no idea. And you could literally get lost in there very quickly. So there's something that's very important when you go caving, and that is to have a light for your path, a light for the way before you. And the same is true, brothers and sisters, for the Christian life that we live today. We need a light to light our path. We all know what the scripture says about the many snares and pitfalls there are for the believer. As that one song says, there are 10,000 foes that arise to draw us from Christ, draw us from truth. We know there's many heresies in the world today. Many people are departing from the faith, they're giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, and they're being deceived. And the bad thing about deception is it's so deceiving. And when you're in a state of deception, oftentimes you don't realize it. If we realize we're deceived, we make changes in our lives. Just like if you're aware your flashlight's not working, you would stop and make corrections with that light and try to get it to function before you keep walking this path before you. God's very clear in His Word that His Word is a light to our feet, a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And we need to love the Word of God in order that we would not fall into the many snares that Satan has set along our way. There's many, many snares. And as I look around me today, I just realize how many have fallen into snares. How many are not taking heed to the path before them. And how many have stumbled. And the sad thing is, brothers and sisters, that many that stumble, they never rise to take hold of the path of life again. And that's what's sobering. That is what's sobering. Let's turn our Bibles to John chapter 1 John chapter 1, we'll talk this morning a little about walking in the light. We'll just read the first verses, although I want to focus primarily in the middle part of the chapter. We'll read the first part here too to get the context. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. This is John, the beloved apostle, disciple, that's writing about Jesus Christ. He's talking about how, from the beginning, that they had heard him, that they had seen him with their own eyes, and that they had looked upon him, and not only seen him and looked upon him, but their hands have handled. 
John was that beloved disciple of the Lord Jesus, and he laid on his bosom at the Lord's Supper, and he knew Jesus very personally, intimately. So he's writing about that. For the life, Christ's life, his incarnate life, was manifest, and we have seen it, and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. That your joy may be full. He's writing this to them that their joy would be full. And I'm telling you, we should have joy in our lives as Christians. You know, many of the people in our world today are so sad. Recently I was at Walmart. We were shopping there a little bit just a few days ago. And, you know, you can't help but notice people as you're walking down the aisles. You look at the countenances of many people. A lot of them have tattoos with all kinds of demonic symbols. Uh, many of them have T-shirts that are look horrific. And uh, it's just terrible. And many of them have very sad countenances. Many of them are troubled. Most of them are lost. And they don't have joy in their life. But we as the believers, the true saints of God, should have joy in our lives because what Christ has done for us. And uh, as he's writing here, he said, I write these things unto you that your joy may be full. We should revel in the goodness and mercy of God as we consider the love that Jesus Christ has extended to us through his own shed blood, that he would redeem us unto God by his own shed blood. That should bring joy to our hearts and delight in his service. Let's keep reading. That's not my focus. <clears throat> but I thought I would just mention that a little bit as I ran across that verse. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you. John heard this directly from Jesus, and he's declaring it unto us, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. God's very in essence, in essence, God is light. We think of the different accounts in the scripture when God revealed himself to humanity. His being radiated with such glory and splendor that anyone that was in his presence either had to veil their face or would fall prostrate before him as a dead man. Think of Moses when he was up on Mount Sinai, when he received the Ten Commandments. When he came down off the mountain, his face shone with such radiance that they said that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the glory that was on his face because he had spent time in the presence of God, and they veiled his face. Think of the time that Joshua had the, uh, the, the, the captain of the host revealed to him. He fell as one dead. Think of the account in Revelations chapter 1 or 2, wherever that's at, when John was in the Isle of Patmos. And the glorified, resurrected Christ revealed himself to him. His presence shone with such splendor and brightness, it was brighter than the sun. He fell at his feet. Light, light just radiates forth from God. His very being, in essence, is light. And in him is no darkness at all, it says here. Let's go on to verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. We'll keep reading here, and I'll come back and we'll talk more of 6 and 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. 
I didn't pray. Let's bow our heads and pray as we get into the main part here. Father, we thank you for these verses that are very clear to us in the Holy Scriptures. Thank you for the testimony of the Apostle John and Lord, his, his testimony of seeing you and knowing you and, and being in your presence and how he writes these very clear verses of how you are light and how you desire that we walk in the light. We could have fellowship one with another. Lord, I pray these truths would bear upon our hearts this morning in a very real way. God, help us to be those who walk with you in truth, Father, that are walking in light, in righteousness and holiness, and that we keep our garments unspotted and uh, preserved for you and you alone. Thank you. Bless our time here in the Word. Bless each one that has part in the service today. Bless each one here. I pray you would speak to the hearts of each one. I pray we could be your holy people that bring glory and honor to your name. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So we'll look primarily here at uh, verses 6 and 7. It says here in verse 6, If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Many today, if you ask them if they're Christians, of course I'm a Christian. If you look at their lives, you might have to ask yourself the question, the fruits of their life, are they lining up with their profession? There's a, there's a young man, I say young man, he's probably, actually, actually he's 45, I talked to him, asked his age recently, 45 years old. I have been working with him, he's there in the community. He claims to be a Christian. His biggest problem, he claims, is alcoholism. He has a problem with drinking. I have been trying to help him for quite some time. Recently he went off to rehab. I was gone for eight days and wanted to come back. I talked to the supervisor or the director of the rehab, and I said, the guy's been there in late days. Is that adequate for him to be off alcohol effectively? Well, they said, possibly, possibly not. It's hard to know for sure. Each person's different. Anyway, back a little more of the story of this man. I've been working with him. He was in a very bad condition. And I would go over there, my son, Dry, and I would go over there. We'd sit with him in his room. He'd be laying there in bed, no sheet on the bed. His house was in bad disrepair. The porch boards were falling in. They were rotted out. We took a few young men over one day. We fixed up his porch boards that were falling, falling in, rotted. We had to go down and do some work on the main joists to support the boards and stuff. <clears throat> he really appreciated it. He sat there listening to many messages. He likes listening to Billy Graham. He listens to a lot of his preaching. Um, and I really encouraged him to listen to the scriptures. And then we'd sit there and talk after our work was done or an evening I'd go over there with Dry or some other young man would go over and talk to him, and I would ask him, do you really feel like you're a Christian? Oh, yeah. He said, I'm, I really feel like I'm serving God. My only problem is i got this drinking problem. Oh, if I could just shake this drinking problem, I'll be all right. He has a southern drawl. He said, if I just shake this drinking problem, I'll be all right. It's just the biggest problem i got. And so he really acted like it was. But when it really come down to it, there was sin being manifest in his life. Dishonesty was revealed before long. Violence was revealed before long. Immorality was revealed before long. It wasn't long that he had this woman living with him, and they weren't married. And I told him, I said, that's not right. According to the scripture, that's not right. He said, "Ah, I'll bring her around. He said, I'll bring her around. I said, the Bible says we should not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And how can you, you know, how's this going to work? Well, what actually ended up happening is, is they had fallen out, and he kicked her out. And I asked him one day, I said, did you kick her out because it was sin or because you had fallen out? And he said, uh, both. And I said, 
I forget what I told him exactly. Anyway, so what I'm saying by this is the fruit of this man's life still reveals that he's walking in darkness even though he makes a profession of faith in Jesus. He says he prays every day that God would help him gain the victory. But I don't think there's a brokenness there. I don't think he's deliberately walking in the light. I told him, I said, you reveal by your life that you're earnest about serving God. You reveal by your life that you're serious about dealing with these sins in your life. There will be people all around that will come to your help to aid you in walking in victory. There will be people surrounding you and encouraging you. But if you continue walking in this hiddenness in your life, your life cannot prosper. He went to rehab. He came back. The very day he came back, his ex came into his house, broke into the house, brought a bunch of dogs in there, ruined the manure, dog feces all over the place, took his chainsaw to a pawn shop, was worth $500, and traded in, got $100 from it. $100. It was $120, but with the, the, the commission fee, whatever they charged, it was only $100 cash. He comes back. The guy that was helping him, he lived with for a while, took his truck and tore the truck up. He came back, and he was furious. The guy came back and was cussing at these people that uh, destroyed his property. It took his possessions. His guitar was gone. I, I was carrying... It, it's, a, it's a big story. I'll, I'll blow up too much time here talking about it. But it was a big story. And after he came back, he called me up and told me all the things that happened. And he was all tore up. Then Debbie, his ex, calls me. And she's all tore up. And then uh, TJ and his wife call me. They're all, the, all three parties are all tore up over this whole deal. And they're sinning all their lives. They're sinning all their lives. And I'm telling them, you all need to repent of this and turn from these sins, you know. And I told, I told them, I said, what I want you all to do, I'll let you all, I'll invite all of you over to my house one evening, and I want to help be a mediator, and we'll reconcile all these things. You guys can confess the wrongs you've done, and we'll try to make all this right, patch it up, and go on. Well, they all consented except for one party. So we didn't pull that off yet. Anyway, but the deeds, their deeds are in darkness, they're doing things behind closed doors that are in darkness. And even though they make a profession of faith in God, there's so much hiddenness there. There's so much hiddenness. I could give a lot more detail to the stories. I think I'll leave it with that. The sad thing is, brothers and sisters, the same thing can happen, maybe not in such um, a large degree in the church of Jesus Christ, but there can be hiddenness in our lives too. Sin, secret sins that we hide, that we don't want no one else to know about it. Maybe it's a moral struggle for you as young men, or even you as young ladies. Maybe it's your device that you're addicted to that you can't control, and you spend lots of time on that thing, and it's a snare to you. And it's something you hide from others, and you don't want no one else to know about it. And it's hindering you spiritually, and your relationship with God is being directly affected by it. And you're not prospering spiritually. Just as these men and women I'm talking about are not prospering spiritually, they will not prosper until they repent of these sins, and turn from it, and let all their deeds be manifest, and let everything come out in the light. They won't prosper. They can't. They cannot prosper. I told this man, I said, you need to come back and make all those things right. Ah, they'll just lie out of both ears. They'll just lie out of both ears. They'll just accuse, accuse me falsely. I said, it doesn't matter. I said, Jesus was accused falsely. I said, if you come back and make the things right that you had done wrong, the anger that you revealed, cussing and stuff, you make that If you're a professing Christian, you need to come back and make that right. He finally did, although I wasn't involved, it was fine. When he came back, he came back with a pistol. And he came back with a whiskey bottle in his hand. And it scared this other party out of their wits. He called me up. I, and he called, and this Chris guy that was in rehab, the drunker guy that came with a pistol and the whiskey bottle, 
He called me up and said, I took your word. I went back and made it right. I decided it was the right thing to do. And I said, well, praise God. I'm glad you went back and made it right. And then just a few minutes later, I got a call from this, this teacher guy. And he said, did you hear what happened? I said, yeah. I said, praise God. He came back and made it right for getting so mad at you. He said, actually, the truth be told, he came back with a pistol and a whiskey bottle. And I told him, he said, I said to him, he said, you don't carry whiskey bottle and pistol in well of hand. You can't do it. That's dangerous. He said, you put that thing down. They had a big spew. And they had a big... It was terrible. The fruits are such that reveal where their heart is at. By their fruits, you will know them. And until they repent, I don't know if this guy sees it. I think he's still in a state of deception. I've tried to open his eyes to see it, but it seems like this easy believism, this eternal security belief that so many are ensnared by deception that so many have fallen into is holding him in darkness and his eyes are blinded. He doesn't understand his true condition before God. I really don't think he does. Until God can open his eyes and he can walk in the light and let his deeds be manifest, then he will not prosper. Anyway, let's keep moving here. Let's go on now to um, let's go on to verse seven. It says here, "But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another." I look at the first part of this verse. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we're going to have fellowship one with another. That's a beautiful thing. I want to ask you a question: If you don't have fellowship with those uh, that are godly, if you don't have a close kindred connection to those that are trying to walk pleasing before God, and you're kind of aloof and indifferent from them, it might be an indicator that maybe there's some hiddenness in your life. Maybe there's some darkness you're hanging on to, and you don't want to be too close, lest your deeds be made manifest, lest people see something in your life that they realize is not good or godly, and they'll exhort you regarding that. So if there's a, there's a hindrance in your life of fellowshipping with those who are godly and sincere, maybe that's an indicator. Examine. Let's examine our hearts and see if that's happening. Because we should have fellowship. God desires that we have fellowship, that we would encourage each other in this walk of faith, that we could exhort each other, as the Scripture says daily. Lest any be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble us, and thereby many be defiled. Are we walking in the light? Are we having fellowship one with another? If we're not, we're not going to have fellowship. We're not going to prosper spiritually. God's blessings can't be in our lives. But if we are, they will be there. The blessings of God will be there in our lives in many, many ways. And let's go on to the second part of this verse. It says, And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Praise God for that promise. It's beautiful. There are times that we do stumble and fall. We're not perfect. Even as we're being sanctified more and more, as we're being conformed into the image of Jesus Christ, the purpose for which we have been predestined for, and there are still times we fail. Maybe there's a time we get impatient at our children or frustrated at our wife. Or speak on impulse and have to go back and make those things right. There are times we all fail. But it's not like we're living in hiddenness. We're, no, we don't want anyone to see about this certain area in our life. And we're just kind of in the background, just kind of hiding, you know. Don't want to come out. Don't want to fellowship. Don't want to be open and honest, transparent, because somebody might find out about this, this certain thing in my life that I'm struggling with. We can't prosper. And maybe, can I say it? Maybe the blood of Jesus Christ will not continue to cleanse us from all sin. 
Maybe not. I would submit to you that's the truth. His blood cannot continue to cover all our sin. We have to walk in the light in order for this promise to be effective in our lives. It says, The blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Praise God, because there's times we have to call on God for forgiveness. Lord, I've, I've messed up here. Forgive me. And then we make a confession. Brother, I've been struggling with this area of my life. You know, being open and honest, we need that. It's a weakness I think we have in our circles of just being honest with where we are. This is my struggle. I've had this, this uh, difficulty in my life recently, this struggle. Could you pray for me in this area? We're walking in the light. We're not hiding things in our life. And our lives prosper. That's why some people go on to accomplish great things for God. Others kind of stay in this state of a stalemate where there's not a prosperous Christian life. They just kind of hang out in this limbo, aloof state where there's just not a prospering spiritual life that is being made manifest all around. God can't bless them. Let's turn our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11 through 13, we see something that is very much related to this subject. It says here in verse 11, it says, And have no fellowship, absolutely none, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. But rather reprove them. Too often, I think, we're not willing to do that. Too often, I think, we get too closely associated with those who are having fruits of darkness in their lives, and it has an effect on ourselves, our own spiritual lives. It takes us, it tears us down spiritually. This is in verse 12, For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. There are so many perversions wickedness in this world that happen all around us. It's a shame even to speak of those things which are done to them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. Amen. All things that are reproved are made manifest. Light reveals. You know when there's darkness in a place? Light reveals. You shine that light on it, it reveals what's there in truth. But what's in that closet where no one is allowed to see, it's in darkness. And that's where the works of darkness happen. But when it comes out of the closet, so to speak, and is made manifest, then it can be reproved. But whatsoever does make manifest is light. And it says, Wherefore he said, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. It says there in verse 15, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. So I'd like to encourage us from these verses to examine our lives and see, are we associating with works of darkness? Are we letting negative, ungodly influences affect us today and not, or rather not uh, exhort them or prove them or letting them have a negative effect? If we are, 
And we are also going into that state of allow, uh, allowing our deeds to be done in darkness. It's a very, very dangerous place to be. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, many are leaving the faith. We live in deceptive times. It says in the end, when the end draws near, that the deception will be many. Many will be deceived. And uh, the masses will be drawn away from truth. And uh, there's a verse here. We'll turn to it quickly in closing. Uh, here in um, Thessalonians. Actually, I'll maybe just quote it if I can. It talks about how they love not the truth. It says, because they love not the truth, God sent them strong delusion that they would believe a lie. That they might be damned. That's a very strong statement. It says, that they, because they love not the truth, God sent them strong delusion that they might be damned. So we need to love the truth. My question to all of us is this. When God reveals something to us, do we respond to it? Or do we keep walking in rebellion against what God has shown to us? And God can speak to us in many different ways. He can speak to us directly through His Word. He can speak to us through the authorities, our parents, the church leaders. He can speak to us in many ways. He makes it very clear in the Word of God. So when God speaks to us and reveals light to our path, are we walking in the light that He is shining before us? Are we allowing works of darkness to, to hinder us, to draw us away from that straight and narrow path and cause us to go where those pits are or those snares that are laid along the way. Do you understand what I'm saying? If we don't love the truth, God himself, it doesn't say Satan, God himself will send strong delusion that we will believe a lie, that we might be damned. So it's absolutely essential that we love truth. In this world today, many say there is no absolute, there is no truth. Everything is relative. Everything is relative. And they state that as if it were an absolute. The Word of God is our absolute authority on every subject. We need to love the Scriptures and let it be the guide of our life. Thy Word is a light to my path, a lamp to my feet. Are we allowing the Word of God to speak to us? When we read those passages that convict us, We say, oh Lord, that's a hard word, but I want to receive it to my heart. I want to obey your word. I want to obey those authorities in my life. I want to walk in the light that I can have fellowship one with another. Other like believers. Others that are endeavoring to walk this Christian life and make it to that heavenly city. Or will I do as many, as most. Will I do as most and hide certain parts of my life and not reveal them? If we do that, We're not loving the truth. And we're very, very susceptible to deception. And God only knows when all that happens. And how fast it happens. But it happens so quickly. Many that we have known for years that have served God later on in life have made choices and decisions who have departed from the faith. And today we find them in a very appalling condition spiritually. May God help us to love truth and stand for truth and love it and obey it with our whole hearts. Many profess to know God, but in works they deny Him. By their fruits, Jesus said, we'll know them. May the fruits of our life reveal that we love truth and we're obeying it, and that we're walking in the light, and that we have fellowship one with another, with God, and His blood continues to cleanse us from all sins. May God bless you all. Thank you.